Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Ask the Therapist. It's lovely to have you here. This is the last episode of Ask the Therapist, the last one of 2020 at last. Is anyone like me and very keen to wrap up the year 2020 and drop kick it away. I always enjoy a new year and I love a clean slate and a fresh start so I'm really looking forward to 2021 but especially this year. Who could have predicted what this year would bring really? It's just blown everything out of the water hasn't it? But whenever I hear myself moan about 2020 I really do try and catch myself as I'm sure many of us do and think yes it's been tough but so many people have been through so much more and we can then step in some gratitude of where we are and the things that might have gone well for us and this is useful but we also need to validate our experiences as well and how tough it has been for us each and every one of us has had a some sort of challenge you know a lot of emotional and psychological strain and some of us will have been very unwell or had very um, family members that might have been unwell had less support than we normally would have done financially it's been really really tough for many of us and likely to get tougher no one will be untouched by this pandemic and given this what do you need how often do you check in with yourself and think given this what do I need I think this is a question that um, I've put in this podcast episode because that's what I found myself asking lots of clients over the last couple of months is what do you need given this struggle what do you need and how can I support you or you support yourself we don't check in with ourselves that often. So this prompt is often discussed in my therapy sessions because so many people are focused on looking after or supporting other people that they actually then disconnect with their own needs. You know, this can seem very generous and, and selfless, but actually we need to care for us as well. So if you're on an aeroplane and the oxygen mass falls, do you remember what the advice is? Put your own oxygen mask on first. Make sure you are okay. Because when you do, you can look after and save others' lives. This is a very dramatic example, but it's just making the point that if we don't look after ourselves, we are not in the best position for looking after other people. So what I want you to take from that is just that we have all struggled this year, everybody. You know, there's always going to be some greater or less struggles than you, but you need to validate your own struggle and we need to look after ourselves and have a little focus on us as as well. So in this episode, I'm going to go through how I wrap up a year generally and bounce happily into a new year. And I'm going to go over what I do differently given that it's the year of my first ever pandemic, as it is for all of us. So usually I would get out a yearly planner, a nice clean diary and a lovely fresh new planner. And the first thing I normally do is highlight all the holidays that I'm going to be having in the year ahead, like I did last year, and put all the things that are absolutely non-negotiable in. So I might mark out a few long weekends and, and just space out my year so I have lots of breaks. Of course, a big black marker went through all these holidays and all these lovely long weekends last year. We were meant to go to Spain in about June or July and we ended up having a staycation that I absolutely ruined. I just moaned my way through it. It was awful. I didn't really, it didn't regenerate me. I should, all I thought about is I should have been in Spain. I was so fed up. And 
And then I just thought, oh, I'll just carry on working. You know, lots of people have needed more support. And when I could see people face to face, it's I've had to put more distance between people. So I've worked longer hours. Lots of people are on furlough or not working. But I think for those that have been working, it's, you know, you've been working during a pandemic. So, you know, on top of normal life, we are in this absolute crisis situation. And I think we do need to still plan in the breaks and the downtime, give ourselves permission to have a long weekend, to take a week off. And I think if you give yourself permission for it and you mark it in your diary, it's going to happen. It might not be in Spain and it might be a staycation, but it's we need these rests and these breaks and we need kind of some boulders in your year, some anchors in your year that are your kind of timeout spaces. I kind of like to have some kind of break, even if it's just one day or finishing early on an afternoon on a Friday afternoon, every six weeks. I think they're so important. And if I don't do it, I really start to notice a bit of burnout. So you might not need the same kind of holiday highlighter for next year, but I think you need to get some breaks planned in. And at the moment, given all the uncertainty, I'm really working on myself and with my clients in trying to gain a sense of control and certainty. As humans, we really don't like uncertainty. Lots of change, lots of uncertainty makes us feel unsafe. And we are a human species that is built for survival. So we like safety, we like routine, we like steps one two three going from a to b we like things to make sense for us and of course that hasn't happened at all this year instead of looking at what's out of our control it's important to focus on what you can control what certainty you can give yourself normally i just look at the next three months so i kind of chunk my year into three month slots But that might feel too far away at the moment. You know, at the moment we are late November and I'm just thinking, I'm not planning over January at the moment. I'll do kind of my yearly planning for next year in January, but I'm not planning January. I'm not thinking about it. So I'm just thinking about the next kind of few months. Well, next month I had. Oh my God, it's almost Christmas. It's so scary. So If three months feels like too much to plan for at the start of January, just do two months or even one month. And if one month is too much, just plan the next few weeks. I think it's nice to have a sense of things are moving forward, that you've got a direction to to go in. But, you know, that doesn't need to be months or, or weeks and weeks in advance. One of the key components of our mental health and having really good mental health is that we have a sense of a compelling future or a sense of things of improving. And I know this is one of the main things that I've seen people really struggle with this year because there has been no end in sight at times. I think in the last kind of few days, there's news of a vaccine. I hope, you know, gosh knows what's going to happen by the time this podcast comes out. It could have all changed. But I think there is starting to be hope, but there's still loads and loads of uncertainty. So having a sense of a compelling future, building a vision of where things will be better or improved, 
is it needs to be really solid for us. If we don't have things are going to get better, then we really, really struggle. And I think that's one of the things that's been quite different about this pandemic compared with world wars. They're horrendous, but you have a sense that they will end and somebody will win and it will stop with the pandemic. We really, there have been times when we've not had an end in sight and we will struggle with that because of how we're built. So I think, you know, Planning out a few weeks or a few months in advance can help you build a sense of things moving forward and a compelling future for yourself. And I think that's really important in keeping our our moods up. So every day we are learning about this virus and we will find a way through it. The world has been healing without all the pollution and we are learning to change the way we live that could make us more sustainable if we are wise and it's definitely going to make us more resilient as well if there's one thing that we can take from this is kind of how strong and how adaptable we've all been if you had said to me I'd be running my whole practice online and in my yoga pants in 19 2019 I would have not been so convinced but we are really resilient we are built for suffering and we have a huge capacity for survival and overcoming things And we just have to look not that far in our history to see that. So while we have choices over where we put our spotlight of attention, we can put it on things getting worse, or we can choose to put on focus our attention on things improving and getting better. And just flipping your attention like that can make a huge difference for how you feel because our thoughts impact how we feel and then what we do. There's a story that I often say to clients that, you know, sometimes what we we can really underestimate making small changes in our life, just altering our thoughts slightly, altering our attention just slightly. And one way I kind of talk about demonstrating this is if there's two boats in the sea set up to go exactly the same course and one of the boats adjusts its course by just a few percent, it will end up in a totally different location. And that's true for us as well. If we just slightly amend our course, if we choose to drink a little bit more water every day, or choose the healthier options, or choose to go for a a walk every day, our physical and mental health will end up in a very different location from if we don't make those choices. So really making the small changes can be so beneficial. So let's get to it then. How can you review your year and make sure that 2021 is going to be even bigger and better? Not that it will have much of a struggle given what 2020 has been. So the first thing I'd advise is that you answer a few of these questions. Firstly, have a think about this year. And while it might be easy to go to all the negatives, I want you to really write a good long list about what has gone well this year. So jot down all the things that's gone well. I want you to note down all the things that you've really enjoyed. Who have you enjoyed being with? What have you learned from having more time? I know earlier in the year when we were in full lockdown, people learned so much about their lives, where they wanted to be. They'd done lots of reflecting. And I think as things have kind of gone back to normal, some of that has disappeared. So it can maybe be useful to go back to that and think about, you know, what did you get from having more time on your hands? Where the changes that you wanted to put in place in your life that have maybe slipped under the net? And then look at what's been tough. 
So your next list is what has been tough, what has been a struggle. I often talk to people about activities that nourish us and drain us, especially when working with people with depression. So another way of asking this, you know, thinking about what's gone well and thinking about what you've enjoyed is thinking about what are the things that really nourished you and made you really happy and what are the things that drained you, what has taken your energy, what has got you down. This exercise helps us reflect on what we want more of in our lives and what we want less of. If we don't sit down and give ourselves any time to think about what we want in our life or what we don't want in our life, you'll find that you're not in control of it, that, you know, the tasks that drain us and make us feel a bit down and fed up don't go away, they just stay. So by looking at what the negatives and the positives, you can then work on coming up with a plan to have more of the good things that you want in your life and to pull away from the things that might be getting you down. So it's so important, you know, that life just doesn't unfold in front of us, that we kind of put some control over it. Another thing that I do with people that have depression is that we look at kind of having more antidepressant activities in their lives so and I know that you know this year lots of things that we do that keeps our mood up and happy like one of the key things that we need is to be connected with other people and that's the very thing that this pandemic is generally stopping us from doing of course there's zoom calls and zoom parties and and that was okay to start with but I know for myself I'm just kind of I can't be bothered I'm starting to realize that I actually do need to make the effort because I can't connect with my friends any other way so you know thinking about really increasing the antidepressant activities in your life because there's so much that can get our mood down and can pull us down that we need your mind is like a muscle and your mood is like a muscle so you can do things every day to kind of keep your mood lifted and we need to work on that more than ever before and there's been a lot of research in the field of depression and what they found is that if you do these three activities increase these three activities in your life that you will be happier and have more resilience in your mood and they are having doing things that give you a sense of achievement so do a list of things that give you personally a sense of achievement and that can be different from for anyone you know sometimes just cleaning my bathroom and or giving my lounge a good clean really I, I enjoy it with a little bit of 80s music and it gives me a sense of achievement I feel very satisfied afterwards of course if all I did was cleaning my lounge in my bathroom I'd be a bit fed up but you know going for a walk or going for a run so doing things that give you a sense of achievement doing things that you really enjoy doing. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it, in lockdown especially. But, you know, I've been kind of, at the weekend, trying to take myself off to read a fiction book for an hour on a Saturday afternoon. And sitting down on a Saturday afternoon with a cup of tea and a book feels very indulgent for me. I feel totally relaxed. It just feels lovely. I really enjoy it. Again, it's going to be different for everybody. But doing a list of things that you really enjoy. And then doing a list of things that you put off. as well because there's things on our to-do list that if you let anything like me fall into the next day and the next day and the next day and they just sit like a weight at the back of my mind and I try to at the start of every week highlight one of those things I'm putting off and try and get them done sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but the research has shown that doing things that give you a sense of achievement enjoyment and 
the things you're putting off, if you really work at focusing on increasing those activities, it really helps with our mood. And then the next thing that I would do is for your year ahead is think of what your word for the year is going to be. Just one word that you can follow throughout your year. You can put it on the front page of your diary or on your fridge that you see it every day. And this is a really simple and easy thing to do. And it's really served me very well. I can't remember where I got it from. Um, But some of the words that I have used are connection one year when I was feeling particularly disconnected Um, and I really focused on being a lot more sociable and seeing a lot more people Um, and then last year was all about savings for me I'm one of those that sits on the edge of my overdraft all the time and I thought no more I'm an adult and I this needs to change and I've really that's been my word for the year and I have really um, stuck to it and focused on my savings and I know that next year I'm going to go for simplify because I really overcomplicate stuff I do far I'm very excited about lots of different things and I'm all over the place and it's all very exciting but it can also be stressful and So I'm going to be saying no more. I'm going to have a more simple life with a lot more downtime. So my word for next year is going to be simplify. And now I've said it on a podcast, I have to stick to it as well. So that's good. So I want you to think about one word for this coming year that you're going to have as your word that you can follow your little motto and because it's so focused it's simple and you can remind yourself easily of it you know you could set um, alarms in your phone to remind you every month or every few months that that's your word and then you can kind of Just I think if you live life with a bit more intention, it's really interesting what unfolds and how it kind of it manifests a bit in your life. There's an exercise that I I don't do with all my clients, but sometimes I get people to do it and it is so valuable. And I do it myself definitely every three, three months. And it's the more you do it, you can look back over what you've done previously. And it's so interesting and insightful. And it's called the Wheel of Life exercise. I will attach a PDF to the show notes with this episode so that you can download your copy. So the Wheel of Life exercise, you can also, I'm sure you could... um. Google it and there'll be lots of diagrams and stuff online as well. What the Wheel of Life exercise is, is that it's a circle and the circle is segmented into a number of different areas of your life. Well, some people do it for their work as well. And I know it's done a lot in business coaching. So each segment has a different name. So there's relationships, health, career, um, diet, exercise, money, spirituality, Um, you know, you can have anything in each of those segments. So you can create your own. And I think on the PDF that I send over, I think it's got some written written out for you to give you an idea of some of the titles that'll be useful. In each segment, you mark the segment from 0 to 10, with 10 being very be- the very best. So if you think about your mental health, if that's something you really want to work on, you rate your mental health at the moment where it is now. So if it's a 4, you colour in that segment up to 4. And then what you do is you look at, you have a think about how you can improve your mental health by just one 
point because often what we do when we think about making changes is that we make them quite unachievable so we kind of think like um, I want to lose two stone in weight ideally and as soon as I think about that it makes me hungry and it's a little bit overwhelming but if I just thought about kind of improving it by one mark that might be you know eating a bit more fruit and veg or doing a bit more exercise. It's a lot more achievable, it's less overwhelming, so you're more likely to achieve your, your goals. And when you write things down, it's, you know, it's different from just thinking in your mind. It's more of a commitment. So doing the wheel of life exercise, you know, is again spending time on you, self-reflection, getting it down on paper is very different than it going around in your mind. It's, you're more likely to do it. We know that people that write things down achieve the goals more than those that don't. And in cognitive behavioral therapy, we you know, quite often with clients at the start of therapy, we'll say, what, what do you want to get out of these sessions? And we'll help people build up what's called SMART goals. And I think when you do the Wheel of Our Life exercise from that, from each of the segments that you've looked at in your life, you want to kind of develop a SMART goal. A SMART goal is that it's very specific. So for example, I'll do cardio three times a week or I'll meditate every day or I'll journal every evening before I go to bed. So it's very specific. It's measurable so that you can see when you've done it or not. So I know if I've done the cardio because I maybe you put a note in your diary or on your phone, you need to make sure it's achievable so that you know that you can achieve it, there's no blocks to it, that you have got time to go for cardio, that you mark it out in your diary, or you, you know, have got 10 minutes in the morning to meditate or 10 minutes in the evening. And I think putting it in your diary means that you're more likely to do it. It needs to be realistic as well. So if it's not realistic, you it's not going to get done. And then it needs to be timely as well. So that's what SMART stands for. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely. And timely means that you'll review it. You can do it within a kind of a normal time frame. So maybe you want to review SMART goals every month, see where you're going, see Then you can look back at the wheel of life that you did at the start of the month and see if you've made those changes, you've maintained them, then you can kind of look at improving it by another mark. So it's really difficult to kind of talk through that diagram. So it's well worth going to the show notes and downloading your copy and definitely give it a go. I think it's it's so useful to do, you know, either for your business or your family life or your home life, just for you personally. And the second thing and the final thing that I would encourage you to do for the year ahead is decide on having different seasons for each part of the year. So what do I mean about this? And I think that I've, I've learned this from um, a few podcasts I've been listening to and some books that I've I've been reading where people talk about having busy and quieter seasons in their life. And this can really help to ward off stress and burnout as well. So um, at the end of November for our sins, we are having um, a new kitchen done. So I know that, you know, this next month's going to be a little 
busy, you know, and that could all stop. We don't know if it's going to go ahead as well. And we've got a, a Christmas like no other. We don't know what it's going to be looking like. So I know December's going to be a busy month. So that's a busy season for me. So I need to be thinking January is going to be quiet. And generally, my birthday's at the end of January. So everything kind of goes on hold and we might do dry January and it's just quieter. And then it's a little bit of a busier season as we go into February. So some people, I kind of do it on a bit of a month to month basis. I know that if I've got a busy month coming up, it will remind me to kind of hold back and say no to more things the month before or the month after. And I think having you know, seasons in your life and season, different seasons in your year that maybe if you're very organised, you know, you could look at your yearly planner, you could get that out again and think, what are the busy seasons? What So what are the quiet seasons that I can gain over the next year? I think we're very good at planning what we need to do, what we have to do, all our activities, but we're not very good at planning our downtime. And I think there's real gains to be had there. If you plan your quiet seasons, your downtime, your relaxing time, you're going to have just much more emotional resilience doing that. So just to sum up, what we've gone through today is reviewing your year, look at what's gone well, what's not gone well, Think about the activities that nourish you, what drains you. Think about increasing activities that give you a sense of achievement, enjoyment and things that you put off. Decide on your word for the coming year. Go and download the Wheel of Life exercise from these show notes and spend some time on that. And then put together a few smart goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely. Put a date in your diary to go back to the wheel of life and review it again, either, you know, every few weeks or once a month or every quarter. And then decide on your busy and quiet seasons for the year ahead. And I do hope, so that takes me to the end of this podcast, and I really hope that 2021 is just a little gentler on us. And if it's not, I want you to regularly check in with yourself. What do you need? Given this, what do you need? And I look forward to seeing you in January, the first Monday of the month. Um, That's when the next podcast will be out. I've not even thought about it yet because gosh knows what this next month's going to bring. And if you would like a little bit of help with building emotional resilience, you can go to my website and you can download, I'll put it in the show notes as well, the Building Emotional Resilience Guide. It's a free guide that's there for you to download. And it basically goes over the few things that I generally go through with clients in the first few sessions. So there's some standard things that I find myself recommending again and again. And I thought it'd be a good idea to put those together um, for people that just want to kind of improve and think about the mental health a bit more, improve their emotional resilience. And so that might be something you want to go and check out. And I look forward to seeing you in January 2021.